Kings fans, it's time for game night. And he scores! Wins it in overtime! With a comprehensive look at the upcoming game, including a look at the Kings and their opponents. Coming in off the right wing, took it to the net. Interviews, analysis with notes, news, and scores from around the NHL. And your calls. Let us know what's on your mind. Call us now at 877-KINGS-20. That's 877-KINGS-20. It's game night, and it starts now. Kings fans, welcome back. I am Jesse Cohen coming to you live from the Nick Nixon Broadcast Center here in downtown L.A. It's game number 45 for your L.A. Kings as tonight they take on the San Jose Sharks here at Crypto.com Arena. In the 12 games since December 15th, a 3-2 shootout win on the road against the Boston Bruins. The Kings are 9-2-1. That's a 7-9-2 points percentage, which is tied for second best in the NHL during that span. Tonight's opponent, the San Jose Sharks, played to a 4-2 win last night against the Coyotes, but are just 3-7 in their last 10 and find themselves in 7th place in the Pacific Division and in the bottom 5 teams in the NHL. The Kings, meanwhile, hold a 2-0 lead over San Jose in the 2022-23 season with wins coming at home and on the road against the Sharks. We'll see if the Kings can complete the season sweep against their Pacific Division rivals in just over an hour. But for now, we're taking your questions and comments here at LA Kings Game Night. So call in 877-KINGS20. That's 877-KINGS20. Tonight's lineup will not feature Arthur Kaliev or Trevor Moore, both players on injured reserve still on the IR list. And based on what I observed at Morning Skate this morning, uh, Victor Arvidsson may not play as well. Uh, Jared Anderson Dolan was skating in his spot on that line with Phil Deneau and uh, Alex Iafalo, but uh, Victor Arvidsson was not out there tonight and uh, Carl Grundstrom was skating on the fourth line. Now, I wasn't able to hang back and watch who was on the ice for late work um, was being sort of hustled from one spot to another once we were done with coach Todd McClellan so didn't have the presence of mind to see if there was anybody held back but I'm assuming at this point that Jordan Spence will remain the healthy scratch tonight's starting goalie is likely to be Phoenix Copley he was the first off the ice this morning uh, at morning skate at Toyota Sports Performance Center in El Segundo season Record is 11-2-0 with a 2.56 goals against and a save percentage of .904. Phoenix Copley has faced the Sharks just one time in his career, a 3-2 shootout win back on December 17th here at Crypto.com Arena. For the San Jose Sharks, a familiar face in the lineup, Mikey Acemont, fifth-round pick of the LA Kings back in 2016, never did suit up for the Kings, but... Played 162 games with the Ontario Reign, scoring 49 goals and 59 assists. He was claimed off of waivers by the San Jose Sharks, was in the lineup last night in Arizona, and every indication that I have been given is that he will be in the lineup tonight. So not a clear-cut Molson Index uh, candidate, but certainly a former draft pick of the LA Kings and, of course, Long Beach native Matt Nieto, likely to be in the lineup. Uh, I only mention him, of course, because, as everybody knows, Long Beach native Matt Nieto is from Long Beach, and that's where I grew up. So we like Matt Nieto. Uh, other important games tonight, Edmonton versus the Anaheim Ducks. That will kick off at the same time as the Kings and Sharks. So no way uh, to know the score of that game as we go on. Eric from Los Angeles, though, uh, is calling in with a question. Eric, are you there? I am, Jesse. Thanks for my call. Uh, i got to say, I really enjoy your analysis uh, with no attitude, no pomp. You really dive into it, and I learn a lot about the game from you, so thank you. Um, my question is, no one has a crystal ball, but just curious who you might think either at, uh, at Ontario or on the roster might be the most likely to end up in a trade for the Kings if they do make a deadline trade. Well, Eric, I appreciate the compliment, and unfortunately, it's because of that compliment that I'm not going to be able to answer that question. Because if you caught me on the concourse or in my private life, I'd have all sorts of attitude and all sorts of uh, energy to dive into that answer. But unfortunately, as a team employee, I'm not, I haven't been given specific instructions not to answer questions like that. But I'm going to go ahead and decline to answer. I will say this, though, Eric, uh, because I was talking to somebody about it today. 
Actually, I was talking to two people about it today on the phone. Um, trades are going to be complicated for this team because of two things. One being the acquisition of Kevin Fiala that puts the team in uh, a tight cap situation. And the other one is the status of Cal Peterson. Because Cal Peterson is down in Ontario uh, with his future unknown, that represents about $5 million in cap uh I don't even know what the word for it is, uh, but cap space that you may or may not be able to maneuver. So I will just say this. uh, If you wanted to acquire a guy like uh, Chikrin um, or a player that makes $4 million somewhere in that neighborhood, I think the Kings have given themselves a little bit of wiggle room. But your Gavrikovs, your Provorovs, uh, Edmondson, these are just some names I've heard thrown out as potential um, targets. Any player like that is probably going to need a similar amount of money going out uh, to accommodate uh, depending on how much term they have left on their contract. So if you're looking for a player with more term meaning three or four years left on their contract the player that needs to go out is likely to make more money in order to afford the team more flexibility moving forward whereas if a player is coming in who is a pending uh, unrestricted free agent at the end of this year then the amount of financial hoops you'd have to jump through to make it work are going to be lower and you might be able to pull off a trade um, with picks prospects maybe a lower profile type player Uh, whereas if you're gunning for a higher profile player it's not always a dollar for dollar match that you have to make but it does start to uh, to factor into the equation Um, I will say this the forward lines are in flux the defensive pairs at least to this point in the season seem to be relatively set but certainly anyone who's listened to all the Kings men or this program know that Jim Fox and others are of the opinion that the team is probably looking to acquire um, a certain style of defenseman who most likely plays on the left side Um, I I feel like I've tried to talk around that uh, question as best I can Eric did that uh, shed any light on the topic it, it, it did, and well, then I'll, I'll throw this at you. Uh, you know, quick he, expiring contract. He's got the pedigree. I wonder if uh, someone maybe on the East Coast wants uh, a one A or a solid backup with that experience for a deep run. Maybe they would go, uh, you know, get some salary off the books a little bit there, and uh, maybe get a pick or, or, or someone else who's not a blockbuster for their side, but a blockbuster for us, obviously, to move quick. There's a writer for The Athletic, uh, Dom Lashijan, and he has a quote that I love, which is, uh, the salary cap isn't real, contracts don't matter. And the reason he has said that in the past is because every time we think a team has has painted themselves into a corner like the one I just described, somehow some team finds a way, whether it's bringing in uh, an Arizona Coyotes or you know, Vegas Golden Knights to store, to stash, um, retain salary. Somebody always finds a way to make these trades happen. So I'm certainly never going to rule out anything like that. I can say though, Eric, as a Kings fan and as a Kings fan who has adored Jonathan Quick um, since 2008, I think was when he broke in. um, My feelings would personally be hurt if this team ever (laughs) sent Jonathan Quick to play in another sweater. But if the move somehow helped the franchise i suppose i might find a way to be square with it but i will certainly never root uh for that thing to occur sure thank you no thank you and uh, stay on the line if you want let the board op know your name and email address and we will go ahead and get you tickets to an upcoming kings game eric thank you so much for calling in appreciate it if you want to get your questions or thoughts on the air go ahead call in 877 kings 20 that's 877 Kings 20. I do want to dive into uh, some of the audio we collected because we have a lot today, and I'm not sure we're going to have time to get to all of it, frankly. Uh, But after the last game against the Edmonton Oilers, a fantastic win, Drew Doughty was asked. uh, We were given an opportunity to talk to Drew Doughty behind the podium the way we do Todd McClellan. It's rare these days that we get a player. It used to be more common uh, during the the crypto, or excuse me, not the crypto, (laughs) uh, during the COVID seasons. Pardon me for making that connection. Um, but Drew Doughty spoke to us after the game and talked about the improvements the team has made on the penalty kill. Um, we're just uh, doing all all the little things right. Uh, you know, PK is a lot about will, and not that we weren't using that at the beginning. We were trying our hardest, but I think we have uh, have more of a willingness to block shots, uh, battling harder for loose pucks to get them 200 feet, and we're just... I don't think we changed too much, just a little more aggressive at times when we need to be, and... Uh, yeah, the guys are just paying the price, and that's the difference. 
figured out to use the word in that answer, uh, will, and excuse me, I had that, uh, that quote out of order in which I wanted to play it, so I might come back to it a little bit later. But use the word will. I want you to keep that word in your mind. Meanwhile, Drew Doughty also had high praise for his teammate Kevin Fiala. Yeah, I mean, when he's on, he, he, he can dominate games. Uh, he's, uh, he's very good, good vision, good shot. Uh, he's good, one of the better one-on-one -on -one guys I've ever played with in my career. Um, he, he, I thought he dominated tonight. He was unbelievable. He could add, you know, seven, eight points, I thought. And, uh, no, he, he was amazing tonight, and uh, we're very happy to have Kevin, that's for sure. Drew Doughty also spoke about Phoenix Copley, the goaltender who has, uh, as we said earlier, come in and stabilized the position. Yeah, he's uh, given us a lot. Uh, he's super calm in the net, never never seems like out of sorts ever. Uh, he just seems like he's very good positionally, which is huge for the team's confidence. And uh, he, he's playing great, uh, making some big saves and then making the easy ones when we need him to. And, uh, yeah, he's been awesome for us. Not to be left out of the party, Phoenix Copley also had praise for the way the team has been playing in front of him after that game against the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, guys are certainly playing with confidence, and you guys are playing for each other. Guys are doing all the like small things, blocking shots, getting clears when we need them, you know, starting games strong. Uh, those are the kind of things that when you do those regularly, you give yourself a chance to win, and that's what we're doing right now, and that's why it's been, we're having good results. Good results indeed, including stopping the Edmonton Oilers from scoring on six power plays. Now, one of them, the power play ended and the Oilers scored very shortly thereafter. So technically six for six on the penalty kill. But Drew Doughty talked about the challenge of playing against Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. It's a whole unit uh, job, uh, all five of us on the ice and obviously the goalie too. But, you know, through the neutral zone, trying to slow them down as much as we can and then in the D zone, um, you know, I'm basically just following him around if I can and when I'm on the ice. And, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate he got that goal. I wish I got a stick on it. But uh, he's a good player. He's going to get his chances. There's really, I think we did as good as we, job as we could do. One of the reasons I've loved Drew Doughty throughout his career is answers like that one. Um, Drew Doughty's a guy you could describe as uh, he hates losing more than he likes to win. And even in a game where the uh, LA Kings picked up a huge win over their division rival, the Edmonton Oilers, he's still disappointed at the end of the game uh, that he wasn't able to keep Connor McDavid completely off the board. Uh, but as he said, did as good a job, I think, as you could expect. Phoenix Copley also weighed in on what it's like to play against Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. They're just hockey players, obviously they're really good ones, but if you think about it too much, it can have a not good effect. So I just try to play my game, and um, like I was saying, that that's how you find out how good you are, is to play against the best, and that they'll, they'll test you. So um, I look forward to challenges like that. Phoenix Copley, again, displaying uh, that calm that the players all have credited him with bringing to the team. Drew Doughty, again, was asked... If the team is expecting to win at this point due to the strong play recently? Right now, it feels really good, to be honest. Um, I don't think you ever just expect, uh, I guess you, you expect to win every game in a way, but uh, no, we feel really good right now. Uh, we can see that when we play some of our best hockey, we can play with the best teams in the league right now. So if we keep doing that, uh, things are looking really good for us. That was Drew Doughty, and Todd McClellan also spoke to the media, as he always does and talked about the strong performance by his special teams in the win over the Edmonton Oilers. We obviously wanted to win the special teams uh, battle, and when you do against that team, you give yourselves a, a much better chance at success. Uh, if you would have told me at the beginning of the night it would have been 4 nothing in our favor, I'm not sure I would have agreed with you, considering we had 11 and, well, call it 12 minutes of penalty kill. Uh, it's not a recipe for success against that team. Uh, rarely are they going to be uh, shut out in that type of situation. So we were fortunate to come through it t tonight. But yet our penalty killers, I thought, did a really good job from the goaltender on out. We'll play them again, and we've got to find a way not to tax the team as much. With that being said, it was, it was a really strange, awkward um, lack of rhythm in the game because of all the calls for both teams. And uh, I'm not sure if it affected the quality of play or not. Felt scrambly at the end. and uh, But sometimes that happens. I was glad to hear Todd McClellan say it felt a bit scrambly at the end of the last game against the Edmonton Oilers because what had been a really strong played uh, hockey game, I agreed with him. And 
almost said as much to Drew, De- uh, excuse me, to uh, Zach Dooley up in the press box. The last, I don't know, three or four minutes, um, the entire game was a bit weird, as Todd McClellan said, and tons of people commented on it. Um, but Drew Doughty talked about how much fun the team is having on this winning streak. Last year was tons of fun. Um, I know I was spectating for a lot of it, but I was having so much fun watching those guys play in playoffs. And uh, this year is, is obviously a ton of fun as well. And winning games just makes everything better. Uh, when you're losing games, it's it's not fun coming to the rink. You know, coaches are getting mad, uh, players are getting mad. It's it's just not fun when you're winning games. Uh, playing in the NHL is like the best thing ever. It's a lot of fun to watch winning teams as well. We have been watching the Kings win. We hope we're going to continue that here tonight. We're going to take a break right now. When we come back, we're going to talk about the things players don't want to do. This is LA Kings game night. I'm Jesse Cohen. Stick around. Kings fans will be right back. Experience the future of connectivity with Spectrum One. You get Spectrum Internet delivering the fastest speeds in the nation for $49.99 a month. Advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced privacy and security, free for 12 months. And a Spectrum Mobile line with unlimited talk, text, and data, plus nationwide 5G, free for 12 months. That's Spectrum One. Visit Spectrum.com or your local Spectrum store today. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Traveling to L.A. for a Kings game? Travel packages available for select home games. Bundle your hotel and tickets with friends and save up to $400. Game opponents include Sharks, Flyers, Bruins, Devils, Sabres, and more. These discounted hotel rates will only last a short time. So lock in your hotel and tickets now. Enjoy the game and save some cash and bundle your hotel and tickets while you still can. Bundle pricing based on a group of four. Book now at lakings.com travel. That's lakings.com travel. Hey, Kings fans, own your terrain and get moving with Cooper. Now through November 14th, you'll get up to a $70 reward when you buy a set of four qualifying tires. Choose from all-season and high-performance favorites, including the Discoverer AT3 family of tires and more. You can even register your rebate online. It's quick and easy. Visit coopertire.com for forms, terms, and conditions, and to find a Cooper Tires retailer near you. Go with the Coopers. Today, with so much uncertainty in our lives, it's understandable to feel stressed, anxious, worried, or frustrated. It's normal, but it's easy to check your stress and get help for your mental health with free resources from CalHOPE. Make a game plan by calling our warm line at 833-317-4673 or try our secure and confidential live chat today at calhope.org. CalHOPE, official partner of the LA Kings. Kings fans, be sure to sign up for the LA Kings VIP e-newsletter. By signing up, you'll receive exclusive pre-sale access to playoff tickets, special offers, inside scoop, and more. For all the details and information, visit lakings.com slash e-news. And go Kings! This is LA Kings Game Night. Make your voice heard. Call 877-KINGS20. Back to the action on the LA Kings iHeart Audio Network. Welcome back, Kings fans. Jesse Cohen here once again inside the Nick Nixon Broadcast Center in downtown LA, where the San Jose Sharks are in town to take on your LA Kings here at Crypto.com Arena. We heard from Eric in the first segment, as well as Drew Doughty, Phoenix Copley and Todd McClellan. If you would like to get on the show, get yourself a chance to win a pair of tickets to an upcoming Kings game, go ahead, call in 877-KINGS20. That's 877-KINGS20. Drew Downey said after the game against the Edmonton Oilers that one of the things that improved the penalty kill was will. And there's a phrase that I love in hockey, and that's will beats skill. And uh, I think... It really just cannot be properly um, talked about enough. And uh, you'll hear from a couple of the players I had a chance to speak to this morning about it, but I'm going to dive right into it because it's a topic that I am at least temporarily fascinated by. Talk to Todd McClellan again uh, about a phrase that he mentioned the other day, and that is things that players don't want to do. There's good teams that never go anywhere because they don't quite get everybody willing to do things that they don't want to do and sometimes average teams go a little bit further along 
because they do get players to do things they don't want to do. And that could be giving up ice time. That could be blocking a shot. That could be uh, uh, a scrap a fight, if you will. Um, um, you know, you can go on and on, taking care of a teammate, sacrificing offense to check at a certain time, game management, all those things that you throw in a bucket and you just take for granted. Players don't always want to do that. They want to go bar down and, um, you know, make sweet plays, all the adjectives that they use. But sometimes just getting them to do the things they don't want to do uh, can point you in the right direction at least. There's Todd McClellan stating a simple truth about the sport of hockey that I think gets forgotten a lot, which is that there are loads of good teams. It's not just hockey, sports in general. Tons of good teams that don't go where they ought to go, don't have the success that they ought to have because their players aren't willing to sacrifice, and tons of teams that maybe aren't so good that have more success than maybe they should have because they are willing to do that. Um, I will simply point to the uh, Buffalo Sabres back in, gosh, I don't know, 1999, I think it was, whatever year it was that they lost to the Dallas Stars. That team had no business going all the way to the Stanley Cup final, uh, but they had a hot goaltender and they had a team that was willing to do the things players don't want to do. One of those things is occasionally getting into a fight. There were three fights in the last game against the Edmonton Oilers, Sean Dersey, Phil Deneau, and, and Brendan Lemieux. Drew Doughty talked about the importance to the team of watching those fights take place. Yeah, I mean, it got the team going. Um, you know, Poyarvi hit, uh, I think it was Arvidsson, and Phil just jumps in right away, fights him. Like, that that goes through the team. Um, it's amazing. And then Durs didn't forget about uh, that other guy's hit on Q and got, got after him too. And so all three fights were uh, huge for the team. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just so... We're so happy watching that. They all did really well, and, uh, yeah, they can't thank them enough for uh, standing up for their teammates. When the team acquired Phil Deneau, we had him on All the King's Men, the official podcast of the LA Kings, hosted by yours truly, and I instantly took a liking to Phil Deneau because he said to us at the time, with the right culture, you can beat anybody. And culture is a word that frequently gets overused, so I have tried to avoid it. Last year, the phrase I used to explain how the Kings were winning all these games was they were doing it with the power of friendship. And last, not last night, but the last game against the Edmonton Oilers was a game that I thought perfectly uh, showed off that culture, that identity, uh, the power of friendship, if you will. There were 22 blocked shots, 26 hits, three fights. They held the Edmonton Oilers off the score sheet on the power play six times. Had a chance to talk to Mikey Anderson this morning about players wanting to do the things that players don't want to do, if that makes any sense. If the team had reached a point where the team players on the team actually do want to do those things. I think we got a, a lot of high character guys for sure. Um, I feel like that's something we've we've always had. But I think over the last little stretch of games, we've, we've played some really good teams. We've trusted that we need to do it a certain way and we've, we've proved that it works. So I think that's uh, big for the group and Obviously, uh, as a whole, you see a guy take a hit to make a play, block a big shot. Uh, the whole bench is getting up, and it creates energy. So I think as a, as a whole, it brings us together, and it's something we got to keep doing to, to have success. I asked Mikey Anderson immediately after that if it almost becomes competitive, in a good way, because I think competition can bend either way, good or bad, for a team. But when, uh, when the players on the Kings bench see somebody out there blocking a shot, having a big hit, breaking up a play contributing to a win does it become competitive do the guys on the bench want to get out there and do it themselves especially a guy like me that's more on the shutdown defensive side i want to i mean if, if we got uh you know dewey Durs, any of the other d blocking shots are making good plays it makes you want to be be able to do it too um but I, I mean end of the day everyone wants to do it just to help the team win um it's obviously not always the pretty stuff that gets the job done but it's uh the little stuff that's effective want to mention block shots here really quickly because in the league since December 6th, the Kings are second overall in block shots per 60 at 17.76. But meanwhile, if you look into individual players, uh, players for the season for the LA Kings, I said it at uh, anybody that's played 10 or more games to try and account for some of the players that have come in and played just a handful. Matt Roy leads the team with 84. He's uh, 12th on the list. Uh, Alex Edler, 
Sean Dersey, excuse me, 22nd on the list. Then Mikey Alexander pops up at number 41. Alex Edler at 46. So it's not like the Kings have a load of guys all getting in front of the puck more than anybody else. It really is a team effort, even Kevin Fiala, who is an offensive dynamo. Uh, I asked him this morning what the team reaction to a big hit or a big block was uh, when he's on the bench. It's just huge, you know, that's, that's so important. Um, maybe it's a little underrated uh, in my view, you know, um, block a shot, fights, you know, that's just uh, sacrifice the body for the, for the team to, to win the game. So I think it's huge. And I asked Kevin Fiala the exact same thing I asked Mikey Anderson. Does it almost create a competitive edge on the bench of guys that want to go out and mimic those plays? Yes, for sure. Uh, we always get pumped for the guy who did it. I let him know he did a great job. And, and when you're out there, you're going to try to do the same thing to accomplish the same thing, kind of, you know, do whatever it takes to win the game. No surprise, Jarrett Anderson Dolan. Uh likes to do those things and I asked him uh, as well as Mikey Anderson and Kevin Fiala if he felt like the team was beginning to want to do those things that Todd McClellan said players don't want to do. Everyone's doing it so everyone else doesn't really have a choice almost like when a couple guys are doing it then everyone else kind of just follows and it's contagious that way and that's what it's felt like the past uh, past four or five games especially and even even before that there were signs of it but uh, the last few games especially. And I asked Jared Anderson Dolan about the competitive nature of defensive plays, big hits, block shots. Does it make the team want to go out and emulate their teammates? Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, you don't want to be the guy that uh, that misses a big block or passes up on a hit when when uh, you know some of your top guys are, are doing that. You don't want to be the, the guy that's not doing it. So it's uh, definitely a little bit competitive that way. But uh, I think it brings out the best in, in everyone. Well, I think Jared Anderson Dolan is correct. I think it does bring out the best in everyone. Rasmus Kupari was a first-round draft pick for the LA Kings, known for his speed, his offensive flash, but he has become an effective penalty killer and bottom six player. And I asked him as well uh, what the reaction on the bench was when a teammate makes a big defensive stop or a big hit. Uh, it fires everyone up. Uh, it's huge. Like, uh, doesn't have to be a goal or anything like that. Like, like you said, block shot or fight that fires everyone up so that's that's massive for the team effort and uh let's say like there's a bad like we played a couple bad shifts uh that definitely gives some uh sparks and uh fires everyone up i hope you're noticing a trend here because i am not done uh we also spoke to blake lazat about uh, team buy-in and whether or not the team wants to do those things that players don't want to do you know, there's a lot more buy-in from guys right now um, into our system. Uh, and over the last 10, 15 games, guys have started to have this belief system that it does work because uh, we've proven it over the last 10 games. So I think the willingness to do things like block shots, hit, um, basically commit to defense over over offense at times um, has been, been there for us over the last 10 games. I think that is starting to kind of grow in our group of more guys willing to do the things that nobody wants to do. And, of course, I asked Blake Lazat if that competition exists amongst teammates trying to match each other's effort and uh, willingness to make those plays. Absolutely. Yeah, it's contagious. Uh, I think energy and, and guys sticking up for each other and, and putting their body on the line for one another um, builds energy and builds um, camaraderie in the group. And I think once you see someone else in it, you're, you want to be the next guy up. So that was a handful of players all confirming uh, that defensive play, big block shots, fights, hits, those things are contagious. That was the word we heard time and time again. Play like that is contagious, which we all know. Anybody that's watched this team during the two cup runs knows that that sort of play is contagious. So I asked Todd McClellan after talking to all of his players, does that have to come from the players, or is there something the coaching staff can do to nurture that environment? We, we can definitely help that. We, we're, we have to be the first to recognize it because we're asking them to do it. So when the players are all up jumping around because Gabe Velarde jumped in in front of a shot the other day, we're also barking out emotion there. They, they got to know that we're tied to it, especially if we're asking them. Uh, and then there's the post-event review. Let's face it, a lot of guys want to skate really hard that way and maybe not so hard this way sometimes. But when we catch them doing it this way and good things happen, we make sure they see that. And um, the teams that we've just played, 
with the type of players they've had, we've had to reload and, and hunt people down from behind and have good gaps. We'll share that with the, with the players. And there's more to it. We, we make sure that we try and sprinkle it around the room and catch everybody, not just the one guy that keeps doing it. Trevor Moore is a prime example. He does it all the time. He doesn't need to see it. He does, but he doesn't. Uh, Coop's become really good at it. Arvey the other night caught Connor McDavid from behind. Uh, those are real good moments, and players want to see themselves doing things well and doing things right and having a positive impact. A lot of times we only focus on the, the repair part. So that's Todd McClellan talking about the role the coaching staff has in encouraging that culture, that identity, that uh, willingness to sacrifice the body, willingness to play to win, not to score. That's another phrase that Todd McClellan has become fond of uh, in recent weeks and games. We are going to take a break here right now. It is a TNT game tonight, so uh, the warm-up schedule may be a bit off from what we are normally used to. But when we come back, we will hear from Zach Dooley in a segment we like to call Dooley Noted. This is LA Kings Game Night. I'm Jesse Cohen. Stick around, Kings fans. We'll be right back. If you want the best care for kids in California, come to Children's Hospital Los Angeles. CHLA is the highest ranked children's hospital in California and a top hospital in the nation on the prestigious U.S. News and World Report on a roll of the best children's hospitals. CHLA provides outstanding patient-centered care, trains the physicians, nurses, and caregivers of tomorrow, and conducts life-saving research to help bring more cures to more kids. For the best care for kids in California, visit chla.org. And we're back with breaking news. Coke Zero Sugar might be the best Coke ever. That's right, Jim. Coke Zero Sugar is a must-try for any Coke fan, so make sure you... Jim. <laughs> Jim. We're on the air. Ooh, yes, this tastes like the best Coke ever to me. Your thoughts, Jen? Well, can I have a sip? <laughs> Jen, we're in the middle of reporting the news. I need to try it first. New vehicles are arriving daily at your Toyota dealer. Powerful new Camrys, adventurous new RAV4s, rugged new Tacomas, even stylish new Corollas. And with great end-of-summer savings, there are incredible deals on many of Toyota's most popular models. So get a special lease or low APR on the Toyota you've always wanted. See your Toyota dealer today or visit toyota.com. We make it easy. Toyota, let's go places. Yamava Resort and Casino at San Manuel has another reason for you to come in today. For a limited time only, Yamava is giving all new and inactive members a buy one, get one free buffet. Plus, new members can win up to $1,000 in free play for signing up a Club Serrano membership. You'll earn rewards from playing any of the 6,800 slots or table games. Experience SoCal's best buffet and resort. Yamava is your home to big wins and even bigger prizes. Go for a BOGO today. Details at Yamava.com slash new member. Must be 21. Please gamble responsibly. Back to more of LA Kings game night. Call 877-KINGS20. Back to the action on the LA Kings iHeart Audio Network. Welcome back, Kings fans. Jesse Cohen here once again inside the Nick Nixon Broadcast Center here in downtown LA, where the hated San Jose Sharks are in town to take on your LA Kings at Crypto.com Arena. Uh, can hear the music playing. Warm-ups have not yet started, but it's that time to talk to Zach Dooley. Call Dooley. Dooley. Let's call Dooley. Dooley loves a good beer. Dooley. Dooley in the house. Dooley's in the house. Yeah, yeah Dooley noted. Time for warm-ups. That means it's time for Dooley noted. Joining me now, Zach Dooley. How are you doing today, Zach? Jesse, doing well. Final game of a segment tonight against the Sharks, as Todd McClellan yeah. let us know this morning. Uh, but not the end of the, the homestand. Correct. Uh, two more left, New Jersey and Dallas. Kings coming off a, I mean, honestly, it's a month now um, of strong play. Even the games that they don't win, you can't win them all, et cetera. Tonight, an opponent that is not without, even if it's lower in the standings, not without its risks, chief among them, Eric Carlson. Has this Kings team faced a player having a season like Eric Carlson during this stretch of play? They face tougher team opponents, but have they faced an individual as uh, challenging as Eric Carlson? I don't know if they have on the defensive side. I mean, they faced the best player in the league 48 hours ago in Connor McDavid. Um, I don't think they faced a defenseman like Eric Carlson because I'm not sure if there is a defenseman like Eric. Uh, you know what? Kale McCarr. Yeah. Right? He's not having that 
year that he had last year. So, I mean, you could argue Eric Carlson's having one of the best seasons by a defenseman in the league right now. So I guess I guess the answer would be no. They've fa- certainly faced very difficult players. They've certainly had some tough matchups, but not necessarily one like him specifically. I completely forgot about Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. That's how handily the Kings handled <laughs> took them. Care of yeah, Edmonton. there you go. You could um, you could have played that off like you were proving a point too. Nope, if you wanted just to. utterly forgot about Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. I think because the last time we spoke, we highlighted how many even strength points they have. It's true uh, compared to yeah. uh, to special teams points. Tom McClellan was asked whether or not he's concerned about a letdown in play against San Jose after a string of, you know, three division leaders and then your division opponent in the playoffs last year. He doesn't uh, subscribe to that theory. I don't, not surprised by that answer. But this power, special teams, excuse me, uh, really have been improving and perfectly, you know, exemplified in that Edmonton game, 0 for 6. Uh, Edmondson was on the power play Kings four for seven on the power play. We've seen them working on both of them. Do you believe personally that special teams is a, can be carried by momentum? Like, or the sharks just a totally new animal that they have to defeat? I think they're a new animal and the sharks are a top 10 penalty kill team. So it's going to be a tough test. Um, I think that every game does reset. I think that that unit's going to go in feeling good. I think that does carry over, but I don't think it's necessarily a translation for success. It could certainly be a carryover in terms of going in. Like last year, you knew there were games going in where they hadn't scored a power play goal in five games. They go in kind of feeling like we're not going to score again. This this game, you wonder if it could be the opposite. They're going in thinking, hey, we're feeling good. We're going to score. So maybe in that regard, it can carry over. Uh, but overall, I do think it's a different game, a different penalty kill, different set of challenges. Could be a game where there's one total power play. Last time there was 13. You just never know um, what type of game you might get. So in that regard, it might be tough. But I think there might be something to, to what you said there. Though it's not a game that the Kings will take lightly um, and have a letdown performance-wise based on opponent. The last game against Edmonton was a very weird game. right? I can count on both hands and both feet how many people I bumped into in the press box or down in the media room who who had some sort of version of Geez, this game, like, this is a wild one. Um, do you think it helps the Kings to have this game be a little bit calm? I mean, obviously, it, it helps them for this game to be a little bit more predictable, to use Todd's word. Probably. I mean, I don't think the Kings want to play a 13 power play game mm-hmm. that's reliant on special teams. I don't think that's how they're built. I think they're built to play and win at five on five. I think that's probably the kind of game that they want to play. I think they'd rather win. Four two than six three, um, so yeah, I, I think that they they would like that that more of a style of game, um, consistently, even on nights when the Kings haven't been at their best, it's still been that type of game. You look at Philadelphia on New Year's Day, you look at San Jose before the break; those were two of the games that were maybe quote unquote B games, but they weren't outrageous games. They were two to two games in the third. So I think that that's the kind of game the Kings would prefer to play. And predictable is probably a good word for it. We're in a really strange place with this team right now. I believe they're nine two and one in their last twelve. Um, all the numbers are trending right. We've the questions that are coming in the post games now uh, and morning skates are things like, you know, uh, how does it feel to expect to? Right, Drew Doughty was asked, "Does this mm-hmm. team expect to win when you come to the rink?" Um, it's hard to ask questions. Yeah, <laughs> when the team's playing so well. But this team, you know. Two losses in a row or an extra body out of the lineup and question marks start popping up all over the place again, right? Like it's, I feel like we might be getting ahead of ourselves collectively on the consistency uh, train. Why? Because they've been, they have been consistent for the last six weeks, Mm -hmm. let's say. Um, But we have two players out of the lineup. We have uh, a netminder who has performed admirably, but does not have a proven career track record. Um, and we have lineups that, how long has Kevin Fiala been on that third line? Five games. Okay. And it's been working, obviously, tremendously. Mm-hmm. What does he have, like seven points in his last right. two games? Right. But if one more player were to, you know, become injured, or if the coaching staff were to decide, well, we want to put this player up with that player, all of a sudden this 
consistency built on this predictability that Todd McClellan always talks about. We don't know, and I'm not saying it would fall apart. I'm just saying the consistency is built on a very small sample size of very specific conditions that could change at any moment. I trust because the team's playing so well that they would be able to handle it. I'd, I'd argue those conditions have already changed because the Kings have seen Victor Arvidsson miss time. They've seen Trevor mm -hmm. Moore miss time. Arthur Kelly have missed time. Brendan Lemieux missed time within that stretch of consistency. So it's not like those things That's haven't fair. already happened and the Kings have kind of maintained it. I think your point is fair. Um, I think that good teams wouldn't let it affect them. Truly right. good, consistent teams would find a way overall through it. And teams that are maybe a little bit more fragile might see something like, you lose one more guy and it falls apart. It's that thinly based. So it could be a good test of maybe how truly deep and solid is this team um, if something else were to happen. One of the things that makes me feel better about, you know, potential catastrophe, and unfortunately as a Kings fan, I always have one eye towards potential future you? catastrophe. Um, the word I'm hearing volunteered a lot more around the locker room is character. Right, I was asking a bunch of players today about blocking shots and making defensive plays. And I wasn't asking about character or identity or anything like that. But a lot of times that notion was introduced into the answer. Good character group, everybody pulling for everybody else. You know, we heard Todd McClellan talk in the past about playing for a goaltender, not with a goaltender. A lot of those things are starting to find their way into conversations when it's not being introduced, where during the first half of the season, I think maybe we were trying to get them to use that language. So that's encouraging to me. I think it's one of those words that's empty until you see it. Mm -hmm. And right now it's being used and we're kind of seeing what it means on the ice. And when you have both of those things, it can be, I think, pretty powerful. Yeah. And, you know, the Kevin Fiala being moved to the third line when it happened Todd McClellan was quick to point out it's, you know, I don't know that anybody used the word demotion, but I'll use it here for conversational purposes. Todd pointed out it's not a demotion. He's going to the line where our leading goal scorer is. But now with that line clicking and with Deneau and, and Kopitar having the defensive stretch that they've been having um, and also putting up points, if you're a defending team, which line do you account for? I mean, that was... That was the the pitch from Todd McClellan, right? Is if you have three lines, you know, if your third line has your leading point scorer and your leading goal scorer, what do you do? And we're actually seeing that play out now. It's really just how they're listed on a line chart, right? right. Like if you look at Kevin Fiala's ice time over the last three games, 18, 17, and almost 19, that's not much less, if at all, than he was playing when he was on Kopitar's line. So you're right, it's, it's he's moved two lines down but what it's almost done is it's maybe provided more balance from one through three instead of maybe the disparity being a lot more heavy towards Kopitar's line and Deneau's line. Maybe it's a little bit more balanced now. Each line kind of has their their objectives on each night. Um, as of late, it's been Deneau's line that's kind of been tasked with playing against those highest level octane players. When you face a team like Edmonton, it becomes Deneau and Kopitar's line that have those responsibilities. But when you look at it like that, you can't, match up against all three of those lines unless you were an immensely deep team. And if you now have to decide between, you know, the Deneau line, which we know the identity of that line, a line with Kopitar, Kempe, who is the team's leading goal scorer right now, and then the line with Fiala, who is the team's leading point getter, you can't defend them all with pairings or lines. So it, it can create some matchup nightmares, I think, for other teams if all three lines are clicking and going. I'm just glancing at Kevin Fiala's time on ice, and in his last seven games, all but one of them have been more than 18 minutes. And if you pick any random sampling of seven games from earlier in the season, I'm not sure that that's even true. Um, in preseason, we heard from Todd McClellan, uh, I think it was preseason, that he wanted he envisioned a world where Kopitar's line, Deneau's line, and Byfield's line mm -hmm. each you know, he was talking about Byfield maybe getting more than 15 minutes When it was night. Byfield, Velarde, and yeah. follow at the beginning of the year, yeah. I, I don't know if ironically, but coincidentally, now we do have a third line getting the kind of minutes he was talking about, just not with Quentin Byfield. Mm -hmm. He's playing on the top line. Yeah. Uh, hasn't scored yet, but has contributed certainly to the offense and the defense. I spoke with him this morning, and what he was saying was, like, if, if the chances for him weren't coming, then he'd be worried. But I think it's fair to say that they are. Mm -hmm. um, both scoring chances and chances he's creating for others. Um, he's been very effective, I think, on the forecheck. 
Um, a lot more tenacious on pucks than I think we've ever seen from him. Uh, maybe some of that has to do with being on the wing. Um, it's a little bit different responsibility-wise. You're starting further up the ice on the breakouts. You're not as much of a support guy defensively. You're more stops and starts, more bursts of being able to go instead of kind of winding up and getting getting moving through the middle. So it's certainly been different for him. Um, but I feel like he's been very noticeable in every game that he's played on that line, even though the pucks aren't going in. Um, kind of reminds me different because he had more of a body of work. But when Kempe wasn't scoring, it was, okay, well, is he producing chances? And he was. Now look at Kempe. He is essentially on his scoring pace from last year. He's on pace for 32, leading the team with 17 goals. So it took some time for it to come, but you could see the good signs before the reward paid off. We can hope that that's the same case with Quinton Byfield. What a difference a year makes. Last year, Adrian Kempe's scoring push was a huge rallying point, I think, for fans of this team. For sure. This year, I don't I haven't don't know that I've thought about it, but once or twice. You don't think about it till he's not scoring this right. year because it becomes the expectation. It's the same. He's almost the personal embodiment of the team, right? Mm -hmm. The expectation. But slowly and steadily, he has 17 goals and he's on pace for 32, which is just three shy of where he was last year. And last year, there were a lot more empty netters in there and there were a lot more overtime goals in there. So I think his five on five production goal wise is up and he's essentially right where you'd expect him to be at this point in the year. The team itself is. You know, it's starting to embody that, you know, Todd McClellan has said it a number of times. He said it again this morning, right? They're playing to win, not to score. Mm -hmm. And I think that might take away from some of the focus on who it is that's scoring, right? We've also talked recently about the the fact that there are more players scoring takes away the pressure from individual players. I think we were speaking about it specifically with Gabriel Velarde when it came up. But this team has however many double-digit you know, point scorers and goal scorers, and I've heard projections that at the end of the year they may have this many. I mean, they're playing to win. They are scoring. Um, it's really just sort of stabilizing those special teams, and they're starting to come around. What's kind of funny, too, is we have a player in Kevin Fiala who has seven points over his last two, and we're still saying this. Like, it's mm -hmm. still true what you're saying, and there, there is this guy who is letting the world on fire over these last few games. But I think that's really accurate. Like, even his line at five-on-five five is – responsible one way Todd even talked about it after the Vegas game that he put together specifically a clip of Fiala's defensive plays in the Vegas game that led to positive things the other way and said hey like you did all this and it led to all these chances the other way for you and for your line for the team so I think they're getting that all around the playing to win playing to score quote that's now been used several times feels like the perfect short summary of like what's going on like beginning of the year the kings were winning some games because they could outscore teams but they now are playing that style that they want to play the style they know can win games and we're seeing it just about every night and just about every night it seems to be somebody different other than these last two for fiala kind of leading the charge well hopefully they pick up another two points here zach thanks as always for joining me thank you for having me duly noted that was Zach Dooley. I am Jesse Cohen. This is LA Kings Game Night. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, some final thoughts from Todd McClellan and maybe one or two from Drew Doughty in advance of tonight's matchup against the San Jose Sharks. Stick around, Kings fans. We'll be right back. U. Y. O. U. Three little letters to make a very small word. That means so many things, because no you, you is ever one single thing. You. If put at the start, starts to change everything. everything. To begin a sentence, begin, begin with, with you. you. Kind of makes you wonder how, how big, big you, you can become, become when you comes first. Every you at the center of what we do. Blue Shield of California. The LA Kings play here. Valley Sports West. Patrick Gold! And now, you have more wings to watch than ever. With your service provider. To win it! Yeah! Or with the all-new Valley Sports Plus, available on the Valley Sports app. Oh, what a setup! Valley Sports West. Your home for LA Kings hockey. 
Today, with so much uncertainty in our lives, it's understandable to feel stressed, anxious, worried, or frustrated. It's normal, but it's easy to check your stress and get help for your mental health with free resources from CalHOPE. Make a game plan by calling our warm line at 833-317-4673 or try our secure and confidential live chat today at calhope.org. CalHOPE, official partner of the L.A. Kings. Going to the movies this weekend? Totally Unlimited movies have arrived at Regal with Regal Unlimited, the perfect pass for movie lovers like you. See all the movies you want as many times as you want while enjoying 10% off concessions. Plus, enjoy unlimited moments. I love you. Unlimited action, unlimited adventure, and unlimited laughs at any Regal theater nationwide. Use the Regal app to become an unlimited subscriber today. Regal is a proud sponsor of the Los Angeles Kings. The LA Kings 22-23 season is underway. Celebrate Kings hockey and celebrate your birthday with the LA Kings. Sign up today to receive two complimentary tickets, merchandise discounts, and more. Learn more at lakings.com slash birthday. lakings.com slash birthday. We return to LA Kings game night. A pregame look at the Kings on your LA Kings iHeart Audio Network. Welcome back, Kings fans. Jesse Cohen here once again inside the Nick Nixon Broadcast Center here in downtown L.A., where the Kings and Sharks are still on the ice for warm-ups. Again, it is a TNT game, uh, 7 o'clock start, so the pregame timing is a little off, and uh, I did not factor that into my planning for the pregame show tonight. We will have, excuse me, we'll have the... uh, Projected lineup based on warm-ups as soon as it is posted. Again, warm-ups still underway, so not yet 100% clear uh, what those lines will be. But again, based on my observation at morning skate, it looked like Victor Arvidsson was not on the ice, and uh, I have not been able to go ahead and look at warm-ups, so I can't confirm if he's out there or not. But we'll have that information for you very quickly. Played at the beginning of the show tonight, Drew Doughty talking about the power there, excuse me, the penalty kill improvement. Todd McClellan talked about both special teams and their improvement. You know, our power plays improved immensely from where it was. We have two units that are dangerous on any given night, and one of them seems to be um, clicking for different reasons. And uh, tonight it was it was Kopey's unit. So that that's a, a good sign for us. Leave Edmonton out of it. Uh, it's a really good sign for us. And um, Again, the penalty kill part of it, we worked hard on our penalty kill lately. and number still isn't great, but I think it's improving, and it showed tonight. Todd McClellan also spoke specifically about what the penalty kill has done to improve over the last stretch of play. Two things. I think there's pressure and predictability, and we lacked a little bit of both of those earlier in the year. We... If we did pressure, it wasn't predictable. We didn't uh, direct things into, into our favor, and um, we fixed that a little bit. Now yeah, that would that would be the the difference, in my opinion. That was Todd McClellan talking about changes to the penalty kill that has led to more success and predictability to one another as teammates is something that Todd McClellan has preached and spoken about. Uh, we've seen those defensive pairs begin to gel together. On the other side of the ice, predictably, Eric Carlson is having a tremendous season. He is seventh in the NHL in scoring with 55 points. In the last game against the Edmonton Oilers, we focused on Connor McDavid, who leads the league with 77 points. Connor McDavid has only 27 points at 5-on-5, the way most of the game is played. Eric Carlson actually leads the NHL in points at five on five uh, with 37. Second place is Sidney Crosby with 31. Just to give you an idea of how effective uh, Eric Carlson has been this season, 37 points at five on five leads the league by a margin. Uh, Six points separate him from second place Sidney Crosby, then Tage Thompson and Jack Hughes, both with 30 and so on down the list. Connor McDavid at 12th with 27 five on five points. So. Eric Carlson, definitely a player to look out for. The reason I'm highlighting it is because while the Kings have been improving on special teams, it's really their five-on-five play that carries them, and 
the San Jose Sharks have an excellent penalty kill, uh, not necessarily an excellent power play, but the San Jose Sharks represent a threat five on five, and that is Eric Carlson. Now, uh, we also asked Todd McClellan about whether or not it was playoff push time. He wouldn't go so far as to say they were in a playoff push, but said that the play and the tension was elevated. Drew Doughty mentioned uh, that he felt that uh, every game is important now in the second half of the season. We knew how important this stretch was. We, we definitely saw you know, weeks ago that we had this stretch against Boston, Dallas, Edmonton. Uh, I forget who else we've played, but some other good teams. And uh, yeah, Vegas, there you go. Um, we knew how important it was. We did give up a couple games to some teams lower in the, the conferences, but uh, you know we stepped up against these big teams. And yeah, this is, I wouldn't say fully feel, feeling like playoff hockey, but the, the urgency is there and the team game is there and players are stepping up to the plate. Uh, I think everyone is playing well over this stretch. That's the main thing is every single player in the locker room is playing really good hockey. So that's why we're winning these games. There you have it. And uh, looking it up while Drew Doughty was uh, making those comments, the San Jose Sharks second in the league in penalty kill efficiency, 84.6. Their power play percentage, 20.2, which sounds decent, Uh, only 20th in the league. Meanwhile, the LA Kings have climbed up to ninth with a power play of 24.7. So tonight, one of the top power plays in the Western Conference goes up against one of the best penalty kills in the National Hockey League as the LA Kings take on the San Jose Sharks here at Crypto.com Arena. You heard me talking to Zach Dooley and Dooley noted about the idea of a letdown game. We've been sort of joking around about whether or not trap games exist I'm not sure that a trap game can apply to a game that comes after a strong stretch, but certainly a letdown is something that uh, the media likes to talk about. Todd McClellan predictably did not acknowledge the possibility of such a thing. Oh, yeah, I don't buy into the playing down bit one bit. I, I'm, I've never been a – when we've been on the top um, as president trophy winners with certain teams or at the bottom building, I don't buy into that. I, I think every team, uh, especially now, is – very capable of performing at a high level and you better be ready. Um, they're one of our rivals, in-state rivals. Um, last time we'll play them. Uh, the point distribution from San Jose for us this year is only six, it's not eight. Um, and uh, we feel that if we can win more series and take more points from teams in our conference, we'll, we'll have a chance at an opportunity to play in the playoffs again. And this is a big game for us tonight when we look at those point totals. That was Todd McClellan again talking about the possibility of a letdown game as his LA Kings take on the San Jose Sharks, a team lower in the standings than most of their recent competitors, including the Edmonton Oilers in the last game. Uh, the team's arguably biggest rival at the moment, but prior to that, three games in a row against division leads in uh, the Dallas Stars, Boston Bruins, and Vegas Golden Knights. The Kings have been playing very well lately. We talked a lot in this show about all of the reasons for that, about the team being willing to do the things that you don't want to do, as Todd McClellan said. And uh, he spoke about the need to do those things if your team wants to win. To win, you have to. And at some point in a series, even if it's, if it's the finals, you'll make another team quit. I don't know, it could be in the last 10 seconds of game seven, but you'll make somebody quit and you'll win. How do you do that? You, you, you keep doing things that the other team doesn't want to do. There you have it. Do the things you don't want to do. Do the things the other team doesn't want to do. However you want to label it, block shots, make defensive plays, play to win, not to score, as Todd McClellan said. And uh, it's the sort of attitude and the sort of rhetoric that we heard so much during uh, this pan when this team was contending for the Stanley Cup year in and year out. It's really nice, frankly, uh, this morning in the locker room. Like I said, I talked to five or six players. And to hear all of them saying the same thing, which is that it fires them up when they see their teammates making plays like that. It gets them excited. And not only that, but it makes them want to go and make those plays. We hear that phrase again, contagious. that desire to help the team out spreads through the locker room and Todd McClellan talked about how the coaching staff 
emboldens that attitude and, and encourages that style of play. You heard the players uh, echoing all those sentiments uh, as warm-ups are wrapping up here at Crypto.com Arena. Let's hope that the Kings can pick up uh, two more points here tonight and keep that streak going. In the meantime, that is going to wrap it up for us here at LA Kings Game Night. Huge thanks to our in-arena producer, Jake Warner, and Jeff Cabot at the iHeart Studio in Burbank. LA Kings Game Night will return on Saturday night when the New Jersey Devils visit Crypto.com Arena. But for now, we'll take one final break. When we return, Hall of Famer Nick Nixon and Daryl Evans will have the call as your LA Kings face-off against the San Jose Sharks. This has been LA Kings Game Night. I have been Jesse Cohen. Thanks for listening, Kings fans. the draw shot score you've been listening to king's game night with a complete look at the king's upcoming game be sure to join us immediately after the game for king's talk call in again with your questions and comments at 877 kings 20 and now stay tuned for la king's hockey coming up right here on the la king's iheart audio network